readers tell me the most interesting things. A comment on last week's blog about street drugs led me to research chronic kidney disease in the incarcerated population. I presumed it was going to be a difficult search for material since it seems somewhat esoteric to me. Was I ever wrong? My first inquiry brought up the following. Photo by Ron Latch on Pexels.com. Oh wait, first we need to make certain you know that jail and prison are two separate things. Let's turn to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. You didn't expect any other, did you? If you wish to avoid ambiguity and use you should use prison for serious crimes with longer sentences, and jail for less serious crimes, or for detention awaiting trial. And penitentiary, when referring to a huskow, often has the specific meaning of a state or federal prison in the U.S. Incarceration usually refers to long-term detention, in other words, prison. Okay, now we can turn the prison population. An article in the Clinical Journal of the American Society of Nephrology stated in no uncertain terms. CKD affects 15% of U.S. adults and is associated with higher morbidity and mortality. CKD disproportionately affects certain populations, including racial and ethnic minorities and individuals from disadvantaged socioeconomic backgrounds. These groups are also disproportionately affected by incarceration and barriers to accessing health services. Incarceration represents an opportunity to link marginalized individuals to CKD care. Despite a legal obligation to provide a community standard of care including the screening and treatment of individuals with CKD, there is little evidence to suggest systematic efforts are in place to address this prevalent, costly, and ultimately fatal condition. Did that mean the prisoners with CKD weren't treated? Or that they weren't screened? And if so, why not? It couldn't be that CKD was ignored and allowed to progress until prisoners died, could it? I was becoming more and more curious about this. Back to the internet. Medicare usually pays for dialysis. Here's what Medicare has to say about medical coverage while you're incarcerated. If you had Medicare before your arrest, you will remain eligible for the program while you are incarcerated. However, Medicare generally will not pay for your medical care. Instead your correctional facility will provide and pay for your care. Once you are released, Medicare will resume coverage if you remained enrolled. According to the Federal Bureau of Prisons. The Bureau's professional staff provides essential medical, dental, and mental health, psychiatric, services in a manner consistent with accepted community standards for a correctional environment. The Bureau uses licensed and credentialed health care providers in its ambulatory care units, which are supported by community consultants and specialists. For inmates with chronic or acute medical conditions, the Bureau operates several medical referral centers providing advanced care. Health promotion is emphasized through counseling provided during examinations, education about the effects of medications, infectious disease prevention and education, and chronic care clinics for conditions such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and hypertension. The Bureau promotes environmental health for staff and inmates alike through its emphasis on a clean air environment and the maintenance of safe conditions in inmate living and work areas. The Bureau's food service program emphasizes heart-healthy diets, nutrition education, and dietary counseling in conjunction with certain medical treatment. While I found the protocols for dealing with hypertension and diabetes on this website, the two leading causes of CKD, I didn't find any for dealing with kidney disease itself. So, I looked further and found myself reading an October 2020 article in Transplantation. The U.S. Constitution guarantees adequate medical care to all convicts. However, transplantation is considered ethically contentious. The determination to authorize transplantation for an inmate is often made by the prison administration on a case-by-case -case basis. 
Nevertheless, the Organ Procurement and Transplantation Network's Ethics Committee advises that one's status as a prisoner should not preclude them from consideration for a transplant. However, Organ Procurement and Transplantation Network acknowledges that other non-medical factors may influence patients' candidacy for transplant and delegates the listing decisions to the individual transplant programs. Consequently, programs make listing decisions in the absence of uniform criteria and hesitate to evaluate and waitlist prisoners. The possible reasons are logistic challenges in clinical care, security concerns, uncertainty regarding adherence and concern of loss of follow-up. Overcoming these challenges requires programs personnel to be highly motivated to accept convicts for transplantation. Well, what about jails? How do they deal with chronic conditions? I discovered a site called Health Affairs that explained. In 2019, there were a total of 10.3 million jail admissions with an average daily census of 741,900 across the United States. With a mean stay of 26 days, care for chronic medical conditions can be interrupted, jeopardizing the health and well-being of the incarcerated individual. Additionally, one in four jailed individuals will be arrested again, and these periodic short stays in jail introduce chaos into ongoing medical care. This is particularly concerning because the incarcerated population has a higher prevalence of chronic conditions such as diabetes mellitus, hypertension, and asthma compared to the general population. Looking at the other side of the coin, you should know that prisoners have the right to refuse medical treatment. I've been to numerous sites in writing today's blog and each one of them talked about the inferior quality of medical care in jails and prisons. While some acknowledge that there has been improvement in recent years, prisoners still do not trust the medical care they're offered it's clear there's far more to this issue than I've disclosed. However, this is as far as I'm willing to go. Since both jails and prisons are government institutions, there are many ifs, ands, and buts. To explore these would take an encyclopedia in my opinion. Meanwhile, happy Valentine's Day. You do know that the digital version of the Slow It Down CKD series can easily be an instant gift for your loved ones. It will demonstrate your caring and help them understand chronic kidney disease. Whether you order a book or not, I wish you all my love on this Valentine's Day. Until next week. Keep living your life.